0: There's joy in every journey. Sports Radio 610 presents Pain and Pendergast.
1: Uh, someone's asking on the trailer wheel and frame text page if we, uh, let's see, 5734, did you all take some edibles this morning? No, we're high on oh, life, man.
2: No. You know what though, Sean? Huh. I did drink a, uh, a kombucha, not what? a hard kombucha. But a kombucha. Yeah, I saw you sipping on that. Yeah. Yeah, they, um, like, there's a small amount of naturally occurring alcohol, like a very small amount, on the level of, I think, the same that you'd have in, like, non alcoholic beer. But I'm wondering, as you read more and more and find out about, like, microdosing of various substances and, uh, you know, how people think that it might. I wonder if microdosing alcohol, uh, there might actually be something to that. Mm. Because I've felt this before when I've had non alcoholic beer, I feel like that I'm getting a buzz of some sort, but not in a way, and to where I was like, okay, that's just psychological. Something about the setting and the, you know, the cues and the taste and all that, it just makes you feel like that. But with the kombucha, I would have not had that preconception. I thought that the non-alcoholic kombucha had no alcohol at all. And yet, I feel like I, I feel a little bit freer and looser when I'm drinking the kombucha. Yeah. So I think maybe that that 0.5 percent ABV might be doing it for might
1: me. Might be, and this show might be proof of it, man. We we, we might, might have, have to, to do it
2: all day long now. We might put a pin in that. I'm idea. gonna be a micro drunk. <laughs> Absolutely, he's I a think, functional micro drunk. Yes, could be good for the show,
1: man. Could be good for the show. Uh, D'Amico Ryan's could be good for the Texans. Here was a video, and um, we got tagged on this in Twitter. And I apologize. I closed up my phone. Um, but this is a video from when D'Amico was introduced as the linebackers coach with the 49ers. So he's getting introduced to his to his new fan constituency out there in San Francisco. This is uh, I believe three years ago when D'Amico became a coach on Kyle Shanahan's staff. D'Amico Ryans on the importance of coaching in his life.
3: Hello, I'm D'Amico Ryans. I'm the linebackers coach for the 49ers. Demico on the road! Uh, Come on, on the road. Uh, hey. uh, Give it up! Two, as a player, coaches played a big influence on my life, so as I grew older and played a lot of sports, played a lot of football, baseball, I always knew coaches played an important role in young men's lives, so for me, when I finished playing, I knew I wanted to get into coaching so I could reach back and serve other young men by helping them in the game of football and in the game of life. Come on, give them a good look. So hit, hand, good. That's it right there. That's it, Green. As a coach, for me, it's not only about the X's and O's out on the field. It's also about just helping these young men, trying to guide them in their their personal lives off the field. Being a former player, understand the issues and the stresses to being able to help them calm their outside world down and just being able to focus and give them tools to succeed in life off the field and on the field. That gives me great joy. Hey man, you're doing a great job. You know that? So, go, go hey, and, no, uh, no, 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 don't, get don't get give me that, though. don't give me that. Player, coach, the man, it's, for me, you always have to be who you are. And I always, you, you be who you are, whatever your personality is, that's, you can't fake it. The mindset of who I am and what I stand for is still the same as a coach as it was when I was playing. Get to that hook, get to that hook! Get there, Aziz! Aziz! Get there. Hey. Give, me, give me one of them live breaks, Cole. Give me one of them live. One. Hey, hot boys on
1: three. One, two, three. Hot, hot boys. boys. All right. So that's a little insight, D'Amico Ryan's. That was back when he became the inside linebackers coach in 2018. So he was, he was a <clears throat> defensive quality control coach for a year with the 49ers in 2017 when Kyle Shanahan got there. So Shanahan's first year, he probably spotted something in D'Amico Ryan's from when he was on the staff here with the Texans in D'Amico yeah. Ryan's heyday. Brought him on the staff there. He became quickly became position coach for the inside linebackers. And then Robert Sala leaves to go become the head coach of the jets and D'Amico Ryans gets promoted. And the defense is better now than it's ever been. And it was
2: pretty damn good under Robert Sala. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a classic case where, I mean, just like, just like Jonathan Gannon in Philadelphia, how do you separate the coach from the talent on the team? And there really no, is no way to do it. It's a matter of, okay, what does he do with the guys that he has? And I think, if there's one thing, and, and I'd say, honestly, this is what jumped out to me about various coaches. Like, well, Bill O'Brien, when he was a college coach, um, you could see that he he ran a disciplined crew. And you know, Mike Vrabel, when he was a position coach, I could tell what a good position coach he was. He had uh, he had an awful defense one year as a defensive coordinator. Um, but I think the, the things that people say about D'Amico, like what Nick Bosa said about D'Amico, jibe with the guy... The, the guy that was the player, D'Amico Ryans, which is just kind of a natural-born leader. And I think that what you're looking for in, in, at times with head coaches, it's hard to it's hard to see and define. And I think the vast majority of guys that are hired obviously don't have something special about them. I think there's a much greater chance with D'Amico that he's got a special natural leadership. Um, and I, like, honestly, we we're just kind of clowning on Colin Coward for acting like Sean Payton could teach Russell Wilson something about being a leader you know or something about being more likable or relatable it's just you it's very hard to do you can improve but once you get to be your 30s it's uh you pretty much are who you are you might improve it a little bit Uh, I think with D'Amico he is a, a person who has a natural way of you know, being a hard ass when he needs to be a hard ass, but by, but softening it by just being a good human being too. And the the players appreciate that. Do you,
1: He cited in that clip we just played, that video we just played about being a former player. And he's been through those experiences before that those guys have, he didn't use the word credibility, but I will, you know, does that, does that give him added credit? Is that an advantage for him that he's a former player versus these other candidates?
2: It's like anything else. It's a foot in the door, but then ultimately you gotta prove it. You know, I think that it's an advantage if he actually uses his experience as a player to to understand players better. And I think he is one of those guys. You know, there's some there's some former players uh, who (laughs) who are like the opposite of players coaches. You know, it's funny. um, Richardson, Jerry Richardson, the owner of the Panthers, was the only former player that owned a team and he was known as one of the biggest hard asses when it came to dealing with the players almost, I think out of a uh, maybe like a, a, an insecurity about it or something. So I think that D'Amico is the guy that actually uses his experiences to understand guys. Like, well, like um, we played that clip earlier this week of Lenore, the defensive back who'd really been struggling and getting picked on this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had an interception in the second half of last week's game and the announcers were talking about how D'Amico had D'Amico's tactic with him had been, Hey, you're getting picked on. Don't look at it as a negative. Look at it as an opportunity to make plays. And, you know, in in that very crucial moment, he made that play. It was really cool. To, it was really cool to see him come to the sideline and give D'Amico Ryans a really big hug. Yeah. So, like, Lenore came to the sideline, and he sought out D'Amico Ryans.
1: I, t- I wonder, too, I, I probably the concept of timing with that audio we just played should be cited here, uh, that he was doing that video when he was inside linebackers coach. I almost feel like probably with a position coach, you'd be able to say way better than I would, Seth, but like with a position coach where you're actually kind of getting your hands in the clay and you're probably teaching technique and you're specifically with a group like that. The fact that that dude was a pro bowl, forget about his experience as a player in a locker room and around town. That was a guy who was an all pro at one point playing the position I play.
2: Right. Yeah. And you know, um, I remember uh, Jamie Sharper telling me about Jack Del Rio as a coach and cause Jack Del Rio had been, um, like a really good linebacker. He wasn't, I don't think Jack Del Rio was ever like all pro or anything, but he was played in the league a long time as a linebacker. And, and he was a guy that was just really smart and taught Jamie Sharper said he just taught him so many things about football that he never would have known before. But then he also had other coaches, um, he had another really good uh, – I'm blanking on who it was right now. He was a very, very, very good NFL player. Uh, but he said that, you know, that guy was more – like he was good motivationally, but he didn't – a lot of times the genuinely great players are the worst position coaches because yeah. they, uh, they, just, they just naturally know how to it do it. It came stuff. easy to them. Well, that's like Biggio's kid. Did you ever hear uh, Craig Biggio Jr. talking about his dad coaching him? It's like it sounds like it sounds like the difference between Biggio and Bagwell is Bagwell sounds like he took a much more methodical approach to to hitting, whereas Biggio, it, it, the way his son described, it, and this you know sons are talking about their dads. His son described it as basically like you know, uh, Biggio would say things like, I, I don't know, you know, just just hit it next time. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, keep your eye on the ball. Just, yeah, swing swing harder. Don't <laughs> swing as hard. All that. Where there were Bagwell. It has it broken down and gets down and really works with guys on a on a, a, a micro basis. Oh, he probably, well, Bagwell, probably, level.
1: Bagwell yeah. probably almost has to, because Bagwell is the one guy who can't just say, well, just do what I did. Because yeah, Bagwell's right. <laughs> swing is the most technically unsound thing maybe in the history of baseball.
2: Squat down like you're going into a movie-style <laughs> kung fu pose. <laughs> right, right, And right. <laughs>
1: Pretend you're sitting on the toilet.
2: Yeah. And, and then, then swing your shoulder out of its socket. eventually you'll be miserable and in pain exactly
0: yeah exactly okay picture this it's friday afternoon when a thought hits you i can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or i can hop into my all-new hyundai santa fe and hit the road with available h-track all-wheel drive and three-row seating my whole family can head deep into the wild conquer the weekend in the all-new hyundai santa fe